0: Welcome, welcome to Refreshing Times. You know, um, in Jeremiah chapter 31, the Lord said that He has loved us with an everlasting love. And then in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14 to 23, it shows another facet of God's heart. Please return, O oh backsliding children, for I am married to you, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So we see how the love of the Lord, the love of God, it's way different than what Many sometimes may describe there are many times when God will send His messengers, the prophets, to do certain things as an illustration of his love to his people, that He will still love them even when they will have backsliding ways, when they will turn their backs to Him at times when they will be disobedient at times, when Israel will turn their back unto him. As the, there's a prophet there, his name was Hosea, and how God led him, led him as an illustration of how Israel was continually uh, loving God, and then they would leave him, and they would put their backs towards God and go after other gods, and the Lord told the messenger, the prophet Hosea, to marry a harlot, and when she he married her he told her that she couldn't go back after lovers she couldn't go and follow other lovers or be with other men and she stood with him for a while but then she went back to lovers and went uh, back to other men and the Lord used that to the prophet Hosea and you know he he was pretty bold and obedient to follow God's instruction Knowing he was marrying a harlot. And um, the Lord used his life as an illustration to show his people how much he loved them, that though they have backsliding ways, though they will go chase after other gods at times, though they will be disobedient at times, that he loved them with an everlasting love. And so it says in Jeremiah chapter three, verse twenty-three We lie down in our shame, and our reproach cover us, for we have sinned against the Lord our God, we and our fathers. But we know through Jesus Christ, the blood covenant that Jesus paid, is one of better promises grace and truth came through our lord jesus christ and so beloved i share this with you because we are in an hour we are in end times where every supply is needed in the body of christ we cannot disqualify no one you know that even even the lord in john uh chapter 18 verse 10 he didn't disqualify peter Peter was on his way to Calvary with Jesus. Peter, the minister who's seen miracles for three years, who served with Jesus for three years, he came and took out the sword to cut the ear of the Roman soldier who was arresting Jesus. So what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do when Peter, the minister, Minister Peter, the one who walked with him for 3 years and seen the miracles and served with him what did Jesus do when peter cut the roman soldier's ear off if that was today in the 21st century listen peter would have been most likely like 10 years in jail and most of the churches would have cast him out of the church and consider him a reproach to the ministry Consider him disqualified and not worthy, not worthy or not dignified enough to be part of the church. And guess what Jesus did? Number one, let's see what Jesus did. John chapter 18 verse 10. Jesus covered Peter by healing the soldier's ear. He repaired a damage that Peter, minister Peter did. Jesus repaired the damage that minister Peter did. He reprimanded him with the word and gave him knowledge and wisdom of love. Jesus didn't give him an opportunity for condemnation, nor did Jesus disqualify him. Jesus didn't cast him out of his ministry, nor did he consider him a rebel, angry man. This is how Jesus dealt with a shortcoming, a great shortcoming, the sin of Peter. Jesus operated in the ministry of reconciliation because, beloved, faith worketh through love. You know, that's why I say that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And it says in Ephesians chapter 3, that we may know, that our eyes of our understanding may be open, that we may know, know the love of God. That we may get a better understanding, comprehension of His love, of the height, the width, the length of His love. And so we see that. In the body of Christ, there is no lack, that every member has been put in the body according to God's will, and to every member has been given a measure of grace. God has given a measure of grace. God has given a measure of grace. He's given a measure and grave unto everyone to serve. If we look at Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 to 16, we'll see the parable of the wages. And here they all worked. It was Jesus was telling this, this parable where they all worked all day for a penny. And in the last hour, a laborer comes to work at the last hour. And Jesus said in the parable, they asked him master how much shall we pay him and he said the same as unto the others well jesus told this parable for our own teaching so that we may learn something about the kingdom of god so that we may learn his concepts, his principles. And one of the things about Jesus we learn through this parable is that Jesus is not biased. He's not prejudiced. He's not full of injustice. He's not a stereotype person. He's not biased. And we see here that Jesus treats everyone the same, that there is no seniority in the kingdom of God in the world the world the business corporations works through seniority however in the kingdom of god there is no seniority As a matter of fact the disciples one time asked jesus who is greater and even asked them who will sit in the right hand of the master and both times jesus replied with a simple fragment with a simple response of humility that whoever wants to be great it's called to serve it's called to serve and that it was not up to him to decide who would sit in the right hand his right hand but it was the father why because it is the father who has orchestrated a blueprint for our lives beloved and it is he that knows where he has put us in the body and every supply in the body is needed and we are not to disqualify no one no nor think that because someone does not follow a one two three steps or one two seven steps is not qualified jesus is the husbandry of the vineyard Our father is the husbandry of the vineyard. We are all sheep of his flock, and we must leave those things to him for he said it is i that have chosen you and not you that have chosen me the vineyard belongs to the lord we are all sheep of his flock and he said that it is he that he takes the reproach away A matter of fact in the bible it says that he remembers us in our lowest state and then there's another scripture that says that he does not pay us according to our sins so beloved, that we get an understanding of God's everlasting love. You know the parable of the wages is similar to the parable that Jesus spoke about the prodigal son. The prodigal son had left early, had took his inheritance, he wasted it, he had fun, he partied. and then he came to his his uh, senses. It came to his conscience to go back to his father's house because he realized that with his father he was doing way better. You know, he became uh remorseful, he was he regretted, he became to a state of repentance and when he was walking back, his father seen him from a distance, his father told his older brother, which was the brother of the prodigal son, to go and prepare a banquet and the fattest calf, to go and prepare a big banquet for his brother. What did the older brother say? He said something like this. He said, "Well, Father, I've been with here with you, all this time. I've never left your side. I've been here. You've never celebrated a banquet for me." Whoa, 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 whoa! So the brother, <clears throat> excuse me, almost sounded like some of our children. <laughs> well, they say, "Well, Daddy, you know, you bought so and so this toy. You didn't buy me, and I've got that." So the older brother kind of reacted as being selfish being a little bit arrogant being a little bit religious he reacted as if he deserved it all because he never left the father's house so he was probably lacking compassion he was lacking compassion the bible says in the book of revelations when the lord spoke to uh the churches in the in the teachings in the book of Revelations to the messages to the churches, he said, "You have left your first love. Return unto your first love." God is calling us in this hour to extend grace unto one another. In the book of First uh, John, chapter four, verse seven to eleven, if you get a chance read it. It's just so beautiful. It says, those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. Everyone who loves is father by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God for God is love. The light of God's love shine within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. He was his love, not ours. It was his love, not ours. He loved us long before we loved him. This is the Passion Translation. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing, sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Delightfully loved ones, if He loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. Loving one another should be our way of life. So, beloved, if Jesus did not disqualify anyone from serving, who are we to disqualify ministers or leaders or sheep, whoever, in the kingdom of God? You know, the discipline comes from the Lord. We are to instruct, we are to train, but we are to extend grace and let the Holy Spirit lead each and every individual by grace he will bring the conviction he will bring the discipline but it is unto us to continue to extend grace to continue to embrace with the love of God because just like in the army when there is a war they begin to recruit all kinds of people even those that were considered disqualified They begin to recruit them we are in a hour where every supply is needed in the body of christ in these past months beloved i've bumped into so many people in the valley so many people in the valley of decisions ministers backsliders people that once that knew god have become discouraged there's no excuse to live a lifestyle sin. there's no excuse to become a rebel You know, but sometimes there are wounds and there are hurts in the body of Christ. And we are called to be the repair repair of the breach. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, just like Jesus used the ministry of reconciliation to restore Peter in the time when he cut the soldier's ear. Not only that time, there are many times that Jesus restored Peter. So, beloved, may we put our personal agendas to the side, whether we're in business, whether we're in ministry. May we put our personal agendas to the side because we cannot disqualify no one because they come late. We see the parable of the wages where Jesus told them that the one that came in the last hour to pay him just the same as the other ones that were there the whole time. We cannot disqualify someone because they came late or because they're not as faithful as another member or another person or another minister it seems that they have an eye angle problem and we cannot use this person god did not disqualify peter and peter was fast peter was a man that acted sometimes of a man of rage he was quick to to respond with his hands physically physically it seems that um if someone is running fast we we want to sit them down we consider them not qualified no beloved look at the, the samaritan woman at the well jesus told her her life and right away, she left her pot there at the well, and she became a witness for Christ in the community. Jesus did not stop her. She continued. Of course, you know, she became boisterous in being a witness. She became boisterous about Jesus. She was excited, and she told everyone about this man. She wasn't trained. She didn't do the one to seven steps. She didn't do a men's class. It does not mean that membership is bad or, or teaching methods are bad. No, beloved. But what it means is that we are not called to cast anyone out or disqualify anyone from any area in church, in ministry, in the kingdom of God, because God needs every person. He has invested his goodies, his goodness, in every sheep, and every person, and every supply is needed in the kingdom of God in this hour. Every supply is needed. Matter of fact, I believe it's in one of the uh, the minor prophets, or one of the major prophets, It is said that God told them to tell to tell them that not to destroy the cistern that there is a blessing there was a blessing not to curse it not to uh destroy it because they were going to destroy i believe it was I'm not sure if it was a vessel or a cistern and god said not to destroy that there is a blessing in it so beloved he is the potter we are the clay he makes us and mold us for his greatness for his greatness amen yes there are teaching and ministerial ethics that we are to teach however every sheep in the kingdom of god belongs to god and god is the husbandry of the vineyard we are also sheep of his flock may we continue to edify speaking unto leaders whether you're a boss whether you're a pastor whether you're a minister there are times, even in the business world, that you want to get rid of someone because they're not running as fast as someone else. There's something else that that person may have a certain skill that can help. So the company, the organization may not lack any need, may not lack. So therefore, may we edify with great grace and pray for one another may we extend god's grace and his mercy let's believe god for the impossible let's open the gates of our churches of our companies of our cities and and our nations extend the nets dare to be different may we pray and act in faith by letting god take over of his church by trusting god in business and ministry let jesus the good shepherd lead his church and his people into great exploits the token of silver and gold is in the fish mouth guess what your next idea your next invention might be through that employee speaking to business people Even church people, it might be through that employee that you feel that he's not worthy or that he doesn't have what it takes, but he may have another skill that is needed. So may we as leaders begin to sharpen, empower, strengthen, and bring out the best in people. Let's take the land. Let Jesus, the good shepherd, lead his church, his people into great exploits. The token, the silver and the gold, is still in the fish's mouth. Let's take the land. Let's take the land. Let's take the land. We need all kinds of fishes and laborers. All kinds. Let's open up our ship and let down our nets in business and in ministry. Let go and let God. For his love is everlasting. And we need every supply in the kingdom of God. If we correct and instruct, may we do it in love. Keeping the unity. Keeping the unity. And letting the Holy Spirit flow in our ministries, in our lives, in our churches. You know, I look at the Pastor Donnie McCurklin. Donnie McLarklin, you know, he once shared many, many years ago of how his church and his ministry began to grow. And, you know, he said that he began to let the drug addicts, the alcoholics, those that were in sin, God led him, God led him that way to put them in the choir. He put, cause they said they wanted to sing. He did not prevent them from singing because they had, they were in a certain lifestyle. They wanted to sing. They had a willing heart. They had a willing heart. It is God that the Bible says that puts of his good will to do his will. It is him that puts our hearts desire. As I've been spending months on a one-on-one evangelism with souls and backsliders. And just people. People in general just like me and you. And many of them have had a desire to work for God, a desire to do something for the Lord. And, and people that are workers in the kingdom of God, but got discouraged, someone kicked them out because they missed it. They had a shortcoming and someone in the church felt that they was not qualified, that they're not worthy to serve in the ministry because they brought a reproach to ministry. Listen, Jesus was not concerned about his reproach. Jesus restored Peter immediately and covered him okay because it is God who validates it is God who gives us a good name that's better than rubies it is God that has given us the ministry of reconciliation the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to remove any stain or blemish any spot the blood of Jesus is powerful to to Give us a new story. It is the blood of the Lamb that makes a difference in our life. It is the blood of the Lamb that can restore any person, any ministry. It is the blood of Jesus that give us second and three times and four chances and five chances. It is the love of Jesus, the blood of the lamb that help us to forgive and and apologize and forgive ourselves and forgive others so that we can love again, so that we can restore the broken hearts and that we can be repairs of the breach. It is the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, that gives us the strength to rebuild, to rekindle—it is the blood of Jesus in this hour, beloved. Don't disqualify no one. If Jesus didn't do it, then who are we to disqualify others, beloved? The blood of Jesus is there so that we may mentor, mentor others. Saul sees the opportunity. King Saul in the Bible sees the opportunity to mentor David because he got caught up in, in in whatever doubts were coming to him or insecurity was coming to him. He got caught up in his personal emotions. He got caught up in jealousy and envy, and he sees the opportunity. He probably became intimidated. I don't know exactly what was going on in his heart. Only God knows. But he sees the opportunity to mentor David, the next king, and didn't pass the baton the proper way. He didn't mentor David. Listen, God has put people under us so that we may empower them and we may mentor them and we may give them the blessing. We may pass the baton. We may empower. We may bless them. doesn't mean we have to stop working. No, we could continue to stop working But let the people work Let the people bring forth fruit You know, we cannot become a hindrance Unto even our children at times Because we want them to think like us We want them to be like us No, God has given every person a free will And every supply is needed now In the kingdom of God Beloved Sufficient grace has been extended to us grace his grace is sufficient for us to serve to get back up back up again do you know in Isaiah 58 the fast the chosen fast of the Lord what was one thing that the Lord told the priest and he told them to dip their pointing finger in the blood that was one of the things That the Lord led his people, us, that gave us direction of the chosen fast, and that is to put our pointing finger in the blood. Every supply is needed in the kingdom of God. Every supply. Every supply. Every supply. May our righteousness surpass that of the Pharisees the Lord needs people in the arts and entertainment world if you're not called to be into the arts and entertainment world don't criticize the pastor or the leader that is in the arts and entertainment world don't criticize the one that God has called probably to go into the bars and to sing to bring people out yes yes it sounds strange but guess what? I've I've heard a pastor one time, many many years ago. Not that we're going to do it, because you, we have to be led by God. And there was a pastor for six months. God led him into the bars to bring the prostitutes out, and his church was full of women that God brought out of prostitution. My God, my God, my God. Jesus sat with sinners. He didn't run with them, but he did side with sinners. And if we have missed it, if we have caught, have a shortcoming, the blood of Jesus is there for us, his grace sufficient enough, so that we may repent, ask for forgiveness, confess our sins unto him, and he is faithful and just to forgive us, and continue to run with him, and continue to serve, continue to serve. Beloved, if God was to put the camera on each and every one of us, In the secret place where we missed it with our spouse, where we missed it perhaps with our children, where we missed it perhaps with someone that works under us or for us, when we missed it in the street, when we missed it somewhere. None of us will be standing, but thank God for His grace and mercy. God is a gracious, loving Father. His grace is sufficient for us, He wants no one to perish. May we extend His grace as he soul desired that we may all prosper in everything, in everything, in every area. May we extend grace unto one another. May we may love one another as he soul desire. According to John chapter 17, we are one. We are one in the body to edify. Blessings. Welcome, welcome to refreshing time. Have you ever heard that it's said that one man's trash is to another a treasure? Well, in Isaiah 65:8, God says in His Word that I will not destroy them all, says the Lord, for just as a good grapes are found among a cluster of bad ones. Someone will say, don't throw them all away. Some of these grapes are good. So I will not destroy all of Israel for I still have true servants there. God will not destroy his people. He does not disqualify his people because of a few wrong choices because of a few times that they probably fail or sin or missed the mark or had a shortcoming you know that's why he sent the perfect plan the perfect sacrifice for us Jesus Christ so that our lives can be turned around so that we may be forgiven so that his mercies are new every morning so that his mercies are forever and he made us wonderful. It says in Psalms 139, 13 or 14, how God made us wonderful. We are wonderfully made and he does not disqualify anyone. And his grace, his, his love and his mercy and his strength will give us the strength to overcome. And there are times that we may be going through different things and and it seems like we keep tripping over the same bump, the same bump. But by the grace of God, by the power and love of God, there's going to come a time that we will continue to walk and we're not trip over that bump no more. Oh yes, because the Bible says that sin has no dominion over us and that Jesus pays such an ultimate price that we are already on the winning side. We are already in victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the Bible speaks of a couple of people that God did not disqualify. And matter of fact, it's just like the saying that to something that one person considers worthless may be considered valuable by someone else. Something that one person considers worthless may be considered valuable by someone else. Just like the myth or the phrase that we've here heard over years and years and years to one man's treasure is to another. To one man's trash is to another a treasure. You know, what man or people or an employer may consider unfit, not qualified, consider not employable, consider not wife material, not a, a, a man sufficient enough for someone to marry or for someone that may consider someone not worth to stand in a certain position or in a political leadership or something like that. You know, what man reject, God does not reject. You know, you and I may reject certain things because we all have different tastes. We all have different likes but God has created us with purpose and and in Psalms 139 it says how wonderful how wonderfully he has created us that we are beautiful so in the bible speaks of a woman named Rahab she was considered a prostitute and harlot however her life was changed around because she hid the men of God. She hid the men of God. She was courageous to hide the the men of God, and she was courageous uh, to stand up for them. And so her life was changed around. She was not disqualified. She was not rejected by the men of God because she was wise to take advantage of the opportunity that was before her. And that was to make alliance with the men of God by covering them from their enemies and hiding them in her home. She covered the men of God, though she was considered unto many a harlot. And she was probably the talk of the town. But yet, she was able to tap into the faith of the men of God and she made an alliance with them. She partnered up with them and so later on she became where the lineage of where Jesus Christ came from. Her life was changed around. Her history was changed around. Her story was changed around. God did not disqualify her. Even in the Bible it speaks of a woman named Abigail and Abigail was the the wife of a man that uh, despised her. He didn't consider her wisdom. This man emotionally abused her. This man did not appreciate her value. And Abigail was a woman of wisdom. She was humble. And King David realized that. And her husband did not want to honor the king. And so it came to that, her husband wind up dying, and David seeing that Abigail was a, wo- a woman, a woman of wisdom and of courage, and she was humble, and so King David made her his, his wife. King David took her in as his wife, and she was the widow of this man, but then she became the wife of king david perhaps for her husband she was considered trash she was considered oh just a little lady my wife you know he dishonored her he didn't appreciate her he didn't see her value her worth but yet when he passed away she became the wife of king david abigail And so we see another story in the Bible of a woman at the well where Jesus uh, drew close to her. And she was considered a Samaritan woman. And Jesus carried a, a conversation with her about water. And so it came to be that... Jesus told her about her life story, but he didn't condemn her. He told her, go and get your husband. And she said, I don't have no husband. And Jesus said, I know you don't have. You have had a few husbands, in other words. But Jesus was not condemning her. you know. And she realized that Jesus was telling her her life story. And Jesus began to tell her about the water of life, about the the water that does doesn't leave you thirsty you know the water that quenches your thirst he began to talk to her about life eternal life abundantly and her life was changed around and so she began to run to her community and to her people to witness to them about a man that told her everything to witness to them about jesus christ she was not rejected by Jesus because of her life story or because of her past or what she went through. Matter of fact, Jesus changed her story around and she became a powerful witness of Jesus Christ. And we see in the Bible too, um, King Ezarus. King Ezra, which he wind up marrying Queen Esther. Um, he was not despised nor disqualified. He became the, the husband of a great woman of God, Queen Esther, but his story, he had a wife, and his his first wife was Queen Vashti, and she didn't respect his authority, didn't respect his leadership, she didn't respect his position, didn't respect him as a husband, and didn't honor him, and Queen Vashti despised him, she didn't respect him, she dishonored him, And so he wound up leaving her and he was, he was seeking for a queen that would would come and be with him because, you know, a man should not be alone, the Bible says. And so the king was real picky at this time. He took his time to make sure that he looked through all the virgins of his community of all the women and he took his time getting to know which one he was going to stay with and he wound up staying with queen esther because he realized that queen esther there was something different about her but queen esther didn't despise the king because she realized that there was purpose in her life with this king queen esther honored god Queen Esther was a woman of God, but she was not rejected by the king because she was embracing his authority, his leadership. She respected him. She embraced his presence with humility and wisdom. She was submissive. She was courageous also to care for her people, but yet she honored the king. So your life has much value. You are a diamond piece because you are created by God. He created you with purpose and he created us in his image. Remember, you are a diamond piece because God created you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Welcome, welcome to Refreshing Time. Have you ever heard that it's said that to one man's trash is to another a treasure? Well, in Isaiah 65:8, God says in his word that, I will not destroy them all, says the Lord. For just as a good grapes are found among a cluster of bad ones, Someone will say, don't throw them all away. Some of these grapes are good. So I will not destroy all of Israel for I still have true servants there. God will not destroy his people. He does not disqualify his people because of a few wrong choices, because of a few times that they probably fail or sin or miss the mark or had a shortcoming you know that's why he sent the perfect plan the perfect sacrifice for us Jesus Christ so that our lives can be turned around so that we may be forgiven so that his mercies are new every morning so that his mercies are forever and he made us wonderful. It says in Psalms 139, 13 or 14, how God made us wonderful. We are wonderfully made and he does not disqualify anyone. And his grace, his his love and his mercy and his strength will give us the strength to overcome. And there are times that we may be going through different things. And, and it seems like we keep tripping over the same bump. The same bump. But by the grace of God. By the power and love of God. There's going to come a time that we will continue to walk. And we not trip over that bump no more. Oh yes because the Bible says that. Sin has no dominion over us and that Jesus pays such an ultimate price that we are already on the winning side. We are already in victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the Bible speaks of a couple of people that God did not disqualify. And matter of fact, it's just like the saying that to something that one person considers worthless may be considered valuable by someone else something that one person considers worthless may be considered valuable by someone else just like the myth or the phrase that we've here heard over years and years and years to one man's treasure is to another a to one man's trash is to another a treasure You know, what man or people or an employer may consider unfit, not qualified, consider not employable, consider not wife material, not a a man sufficient enough for someone to marry or for someone that may consider someone not worth to stand in a certain position or in a political leadership or something like that. You know, what man reject, God does not reject. You know, you and I may reject certain things because we all have different tastes. We all have different likes. But God has created us with purpose. And, and in Psalms 139, it says, how wonderful, how wonderfully he has created us, that we are beautiful. So in the Bible speaks of a woman named Rahab. She was considered a prostitute and harlot. However, her life was changed around. Because she hid the men of God. She hid the men of God. She was courageous to hide the the men of God. And she was courageous uh, to stand up for them. And so her life was changed around. She was not disqualified. She was not rejected by the men of God. Because she was wise to take advantage of the opportunity that was before her. And that was to make alliance with the men of God by covering them from their enemies and hiding them in her home. She covered the men of God, though she was considered unto many a harlot. And she was probably the talk of the town. But yet, she was able to tap into the faith of the men of God. And she made an alliance with them. She partnered up with them. And so later on, she became where the lineage of where Jesus Christ came from. Her life was changed around. Her history was changed around. Her story was changed around. God did not disqualify her. Even in the Bible, it speaks of a woman named Abigail. And Abigail was the The wife of a man that uh, despised her. He didn't consider her wisdom. This man emotionally abused her. This man did not appreciate her value. And Abigail was a woman of wisdom. She was humble. And King David realized that. And her husband did not want to honor the king, and so it came to that, her husband wind up dying, and David, seeing that Abigail was a, wo- a woman, a woman of wisdom, and of courage, and she was humble, and so King David made her his wife, King David took her in as his wife, and She was the widow of this man, but then she became the wife of King David. Perhaps for her husband, she was considered trash. She was considered, oh, just a little lady, my wife. You know, he dishonored her. He didn't appreciate her. He didn't see her value, her worth. But yet, when he passed away, she became the wife of King David Abigail. And so we see another story in the Bible of a woman at the well where Jesus uh, drew close to her. And she was considered a Samaritan woman. And Jesus carried a, a, a conversation with her about water. And so it came to be that. Jesus told her about her life story, but he didn't condemn her. He told her, go and get your husband. And she said, I don't have no husband. And Jesus said, I know you don't have. You have had a few husbands, in other words. But Jesus was not condemning her. you know. And she realized that Jesus was telling her her life story. And Jesus began to tell her about the water of life, about the the water that does doesn't leave you thirsty you know the water that quenches your thirst he began to talk to her about life eternal life abundantly and her life was changed around and so she began to run to her community and to her people to witness to them about a man that told her everything to witness to them about jesus christ she was not rejected by Jesus because of her life story or because of her past or what she went through. Matter of fact, Jesus changed her story around and she became a powerful witness of Jesus Christ. And we see in the Bible too, um, King Ezarus. King Ezra, which he wind up marrying Queen Esther. Um, he was not despised nor disqualified. He became the, the husband of a great woman of God, Queen Esther. But his story, he had a wife and his his first wife was Queen Vashti and she didn't respect his authority, didn't respect his leadership. She didn't respect his position, didn't respect him as a husband and didn't honor him. And Queen Vashti despised him. She didn't respect him, she dishonored him. And so he wound up leaving her and he was, he was seeking for a queen that would would come and be with him because, you know, a man should not be alone. The Bible says, and so the King was real picky at this time. He took his time to make sure that he looked through all the virgins of his community of all the women and he took his time getting to know which one he was going to stay with and he wound up staying with queen esther because he realized that queen esther there was something different about her but queen esther didn't despise the king because she realized that there was purpose in her life with this king queen esther honored god Queen Esther was a woman of God, but she was not rejected by the king because she was embracing his authority, his leadership. She respected him. She embraced his presence with humility and wisdom. She was submissive. She was courageous also to care for her people, but yet she honored the king. So your life has much value. You are a diamond piece because you are created by God. He created you with purpose and he created us in his image. Remember, you are a diamond piece because God created you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Welcome, welcome to Refreshing Time. Have you ever heard that it's said that to one man's trash is to another a treasure? Well, in Isaiah 65, 8, God says in his word that, I will not destroy them all, says the Lord. For just as a good grapes are found among a cluster of bad ones, someone will say, don't throw them all away. Some of these grapes are good, so I will not destroy all of Israel, for I still have true servants there. God will not destroy his people. He does not disqualify his people because of a few wrong choices, because of a few times that they probably fell or sinned or missed the mark or had a shortcoming. You know, that's why he sent the perfect plan, the perfect sacrifice for us, Jesus Christ, so that our lives can be turned around, so that we may be forgiven, so that his mercies are new every morning, so that his mercies are forever. And he made us wonderful. It says in Psalms 139 13 and 14 how God made us wonderful. We are wonderfully made and He does not disqualify anyone. And His grace, His His love and His mercy and His strength will give us the strength to overcome. And there are times that we may be going through different things and, and it seems like we keep tripping over the same bump, the same bump. But by the grace of God, by the power and love of God, there's going to come a time that we will continue to walk and we not trip over that bump no more. Oh yes, because the Bible says that sin has no dominion over us and that Jesus pays such an ultimate price that we are already on the winning side. We are already in victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the Bible speaks of a couple of people that God did not disqualify. And matter of fact, it's just like the saying that to something that one person considers worthless may be considered valuable by someone else. Something that one person considers worthless may be considered valuable by someone else. Just like the myth or the phrase that we've here heard over years and years and years, to one man's treasure is to another. A, to one man's trash is to another a treasure. You know, what man or people or an employer may consider unfit, not qualified, consider not employable, consider not wife material, not a a, a man sufficient enough for someone to marry. Or for someone that may consider someone not worth to stand in a certain position or in a political leadership or something like that. You know, what man reject, God does not reject. You know, you and I may reject certain things because we all have different tastes, we all have different likes. But God has created us with purpose. And, and in Psalms 139, it says how wonderful, how wonderfully he has created us, that we are beautiful. So the Bible speaks of a woman named Rahab. She was considered a prostitute and harlot. However, her life was changed around because she hid the men of God. She hid the men of God. She was courageous to hide the the men of God and she was courageous uh, to stand up for them and so her life was changed around. She was not disqualified. She was not rejected by the men of God because she was wise to take advantage of the opportunity that was before her and that was to make alliance with the men of God by covering them from their enemies and hiding them in her home she covered the men of God though she was considered unto many a harlot and she was probably the talk of the town but yet she was able to tap into the faith of the men of God. And she made an alliance with them. She partnered up with them. And so later on, she became where the lineage of where Jesus Christ came from. Her life was changed around. Her history was changed around. Her story was changed around. God did not disqualify her. Even in the Bible, it speaks of a woman named Abigail. And Abigail was the the wife of a man that uh, despised her. He didn't consider her wisdom. This man emotionally abused her. This man did not appreciate her value. And Abigail was a woman of wisdom. She was humble. And King David realized that. And her husband did not want to honor the king. And so it came to that her husband wind up dying. And David, seeing that Abigail was a, wo- a woman, a woman of wisdom and of courage, and she was humble. And so King David made her his wife. King David took her in as his wife. And she was the widow of this man, but then she became the wife of King David. Perhaps for her husband, she was considered trash. She was considered, oh, just a little lady, my wife. You know, he dishonored her. He didn't appreciate her. He didn't see her value, her worth. But yet, when he passed away, she became the wife of King David, Abigail. And so we see another story in the Bible of a woman at the well where Jesus uh, drew close to her, and she was considered a Samaritan woman. And Jesus carried a a, a conversation with her about water. And so it came to be that Jesus told her about her life story, but he didn't condemn her. He told her, go and get your husband. And she said, I don't have no husband. And Jesus said, I know you don't have. You have had a few husbands, in other words. But Jesus was not condemning her. you know. And she realized that Jesus was telling her her life story. And Jesus began to tell her about the water of life, about the the water that does doesn't leave you thirsty, You know, the water that quenches your thirst. He began to talk to her about life eternal, life abundantly. And her life was changed around. And so she began to run to her community and to her people. To witness to them about a man that told her everything. To witness to them about Jesus Christ she was not rejected by Jesus because of her life story or because of her past or what she went through. Matter of fact, Jesus changed her story around and she became a powerful witness of Jesus Christ. And we see in the Bible, too, um, King Ezarus. King Ezarus, which he wind up marrying Queen Esther. Um, he was not despised, nor disqualified. He became the, the husband of a great woman of God, Queen Esther. But his story, he had a wife, and his his first wife was Queen Vashti, and she didn't respect his authority, didn't respect his leadership. She didn't respect his position, didn't respect him as a husband, and didn't honor him. And Queen Vashti despised him. She didn't respect him, she dishonored him. And so he wound up leaving her and he was he was seeking for a queen that would would come and be with him because, you know, a man should not be alone, the Bible says. And so the king was real picky at this time. He took his time to make sure that he looked through all the virgins of his community Of all the women. And he took his time getting to know. Which one he was going to stay with. And he wound up staying with Queen Esther. Because he realized. That Queen Esther. There was something different about her. But Queen Esther didn't despise the king. Because she realized. That there was purpose in her life with this king. Queen Esther honored God. Queen Esther was a woman of God. But she was not rejected by the king. Because she was embracing his authority, his leadership, she respected him, she embraced his presence with humility and wisdom, she was submissive, she was courageous also to care for her people, but yet she honored the king, so your life has much value, you are a diamond piece because you are created by God, He created you with purpose, and He created us in His image. Remember, you are a diamond piece because God created you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Welcome, welcome to Refreshing Times. Have you ever heard... Often said that mommy knows better. Well, you know, I'm an advocate for prevention of violence and crime. And I truly believe that we are to honor our mothers and our fathers, respect our elders. And even as a Christian, you know, the the Bible does teaches us in Ephesians chapter 6 to honor our mother and fathers. And it's the right thing to do. However, there are times that mommy and daddy, you know, although they want the best for us, sometimes we have to make our own decisions and mostly, mostly if it's contrary to the word of God. So I want to share with you, Acts chapter five, verse 29 says, we ought to obey God. We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. And at times, our friends or our families may tell us contrary, although they mean well, but sometimes they may tell us contrary to the word of God. Like, for instance, our mommy may say, oh, will your little girlfriend left you? She doesn't want to be with you no more. Well, go and get your bracelet back. Go get your bracelet back. Or your friends may tell you, well, if Peter um, made you kind of look stupid at lunchtime, Then you give him a piece of your mind and you make sure that you get paybacks. Karma. Make sure because karma is coming. Karma is coming. Oh, well, you know, the Bible says that vengeance belongs unto the Lord. And it says to pray for your enemies. God is love and love seeketh not its own. Love is not selfish. God is love, and God calls us to pray for our enemies. And, you know, obeying God bring us to a place of safety, peace, and overflowing joy. So there was a man in, in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 14. It says that there was a man named Naaman. And God told Naaman to go and dip in the Jordan of River. He was sick. To go and dip at the Jordan River seven times. Seven times. Can you imagine what he probably was thinking? Why would God tell me to dip seven times in the Jordan River? And he obeyed. He obeyed God's guidance. The guidance of the Lord. And he received its healing. So when we obey God. It is good benefits for us. It's beneficial unto us. And there's another scripture that talks about how there were 10 lepers and Jesus ministered to these lepers and he gave them instructions he told them to go to the priest. And as they were going to the priest, a few of them began to thank God on the way to walking towards the priest and they received their healing. They were healed as they were thanking God god because they obeyed jesus guidance to go on to the priest and they obeyed and they received their healing so when we line up our thoughts and our hearts and we do according to god's word and we agree with god's word god's word is medicine unto us we also receive the manifestation of the healing that jesus already paid on the cross where it says that By his stripes, we were healed. And so healing belonged to us. And Jesus paid the ultimate price also that we may walk in divine health and that we may walk according to his goodness and his joy and peace. Exodus 15, 26 says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am. God said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. God cannot lie. If he says that he is the Lord that healeth us, he is the Lord our healer. We can take it to the bank. We can take it (laughs) to the bank of heaven and trust him that he is the Lord our healer. He paid the ultimate price on the cross for us that we may walk in divine health. Well, the Bible also speaks of a prophet, a prophet named Elijah. And Elijah... Uh, met with this widow and it was her and her son and they were going to eat their last morsel of cake they're going to eat their last cake but the prophet elijah said make a cake for me give me your the cake in other words he was telling her to give her give him the last portion of food that she had wow that had to take faith and trust total trust in god total obedience unto the word of God through the prophet to the man of God because you know what it is if somebody asks you for your last meal for you and your son or for you and your daughter a man of God or a woman of God asks you by the guidance of God what will you do well it takes faith it takes faith to obey God to trust him because sometimes it's all about just trusting God obey him as we trust him We trust him and therefore we obey him. So we have faith in God and we obey his word because we trust him. And so, guess what happened? The Lord, through the prophet Elijah, she obeyed. She gave him the last cake. She made a cake for him. And so, her and her son were blessed. The Lord multiplied the blessing unto that woman. Sometimes we have to make a decision to trust God. Just as this woman had to trust God in the mouth of this prophet. The prophet was giving her some guidance. And so it was multiplied unto her because she obeyed. She had faith. Yes, honor your mother and father. But if your mother or your father says to be selfish and to treat others bad... When they treat you bad, that's not God's love, you know. I recall many times I have a great mother, but, you know, and my mother did all the best that she can and she still does and I love my mother. She's been there for me many times. However, there were times that my mother would tell me things that because out of her trying to protect me, her trying to love on me and keep me safe, she would tell me to say things or not say things but to do things like to... Uh, for protection but really it was being antisocial. it was being um, not so lovable and God calls us to be lovable although she was trying to keep me safe at the same time God was telling me contrary God was telling me to pray for my enemies God was telling me to love my enemies God was telling me you know to to have faith in him and and to be kind and to share and so And many times we have to choose to obey God and be obedient unto God, no matter what family or friends says. Love is not selfish and love does not rejoice over injustice. Love seeks not its own. It's not constantly trying to seek its own and see what's good for me and my family and forget about everybody else. No, God is love. So if a family member tells you that karma will get them, that is your opportunity to get back, to get vengeance, it's best to throw that away, throw it to the trash, and obey God's command to pray for your enemies, to pray and do as God will want. What about if the government makes up a law that is contrary to the word of God? Yes, we are to obey the laws of the land, but if it's contrary to the word of God, we must obey God. Bible says in Acts, uh, Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than men. If your friends want to entice you to get drunk, it's best to embrace wisdom, the counsel of God, will lead you into safety and peace. A little wine may bring decent laughter, perhaps, but an abundance of liquor may later, later bring you hangovers, destructive issues, DUI, perhaps, and much more things that you will regret. So obeying God's ways bring fruit that lasts in our lives. God's ways are always loving and full of joy. Pleasure, hmm, I know I've been down this road before, but you live and you learn. Pleasure may seem pleasurable, but if not, in a covenant of a sacred marriage between a woman and a man, oh, it can hurt. And sin always seems in the beginning as pleasurable, almost like a cheesecake with cool whip and cherry, or Nutella. <laughs> it may seem great and pleasurable, but it's never good. Sin is never good. So it's better to obey God than to him, than man. But thank God for Jesus, for grace that is sufficient for us, because He loves us and He never changes His mind over our lives. But we must choose. His way, the way of obedience. For the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Sin is sorrowful afterwards. yes, but obeying God is joy and peace. His grace is sufficient for us for he is a loving God. If the government enforces the law, as I mentioned earlier, that seems popular. there are many laws today in the in the 21st century, Today, and we're almost in 2022, and so many things seem popular, but they're contrary to the word of God. So, if the government enforces a law that seems popular, but is contrary to God's word, we must respect the laws of the land, but we have to obey God first. We can't, we can't embrace a law that goes against the principles of God. Love your mommy and daddy and your family, but if they want you to be selfish and treat others different because your friends perhaps choose to do things right, then obey God rather than mom or dad. Love them, but obey God. Respect and love your parents, but always put God's word above everything. For there is the blessing. Safety in the word, the law of God. And so finally, Jesus said, when he was 12 years old, his mother was looking for him because he was missing in action. M.I.A. He was missing in action. And finally, his mother Mary found him in the synagogue, in the church, sitting down. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business, he told his mommy. And he was only 12 years old. Wow, that says a lot. He said, I must be about my father's business, about the kingdom of God. Beloved, friends and family and you that are listening, never think your kids are too young to understand God's ways. Jesus said, unless you are as a kid, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He said to be converted, to be as a kid, a child. And he said once to the disciples, "'Forbid not the children to come to me.'" Because the children wanted to come to Jesus and the disciples were trying to, you know, kind of pull the kids to the side, not to bother Jesus. But Jesus said, "'Forbid not the children to come unto me.'" Never think that the word of God, that the kingdom of God, that the ways of God are too difficult for our children. Our children must know God as well, so then they may also learn to obey God rather than man, rather than the things that are contrary to the word of God. Have a blessed day, everybody. Blessings. Bye-bye. Welcome, welcome to Refreshing Times. Have you ever heard often said that mommy knows better? Well, you know, I'm an advocate for prevention of violence and crime, and I truly believe that we are to honor our mothers and our fathers, respect our elders, and even as a Christian, you know, the, the Bible does teaches us in Ephesians chapter 6 to honor our mother and fathers, and it's the right thing to do. However, there are times that mommy and daddy, you know, although they want the best for us, sometimes we have to make our own decisions and mostly, mostly if it's contrary to the word of God. So I want to share with you, Acts chapter five, verse 29 says, we ought to obey God. We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. And at times, our friends or our families may tell us contrary, although they mean well, but sometimes they may tell us contrary to the word of God. Like, for instance, our mommy may say, oh, will your little girlfriend left you? She doesn't want to be with you no more. Well, go and get your bracelet back. Go get your bracelet back. Or your friends may tell you, well, if Peter um, made you kind of look stupid at lunchtime, then you give him a piece of your mind and you make sure that you get paybacks. Karma. Make sure because karma is coming. Karma is coming. Oh, well. You know, the Bible says that vengeance belongs unto the Lord. And it says to pray for your enemies. God is love and love seeketh not its own. Love is not selfish god is love and god calls us to pray for our enemies and you know obeying god bring us to a place of safety peace and overflowing joy so there was a man in in second kings chapter 5 verse 14 it says that there was a man named naaman and god told naaman to go and dip in the jordan of river he was sick to go and dip at the Jordan River seven times. Seven times. Can you imagine what he probably was thinking? Why would God tell me to dip seven times in the Jordan River? And he obeyed. He obeyed God's guidance. The guidance of the Lord. And he received its healing. So when we obey God. It is good benefits for us. It is beneficial unto us. And there's another scripture that talks about how there were 10 lepers and Jesus ministered to these lepers and he gave them instructions he told them to go to the priest. And as they were going to the priest, a few of them began to thank God on the way to walking towards the priest and they received their healing. They were healed as they were thanking god because they obeyed jesus guidance to go on to the priest and they obeyed and they received the healing so when we line up our thoughts and our hearts and we do according to god's word and we agree with god's word god's word is medicine unto us we also receive the manifestation of the healing that jesus already paid on the cross where it says that By his stripes we were healed. And so healing belonged to us. And Jesus paid the ultimate price also that we may walk in divine health and that we may walk according to his goodness and his joy and peace. Exodus 15, 26 says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am. God said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. God cannot lie. If he says that he is the Lord that healeth us. He is the Lord our healer. We can take it to the bank. We can take it <laughs> to the bank of heaven. And trust him. That he is the Lord our healer. He paid the ultimate price on the cross for us. That we may walk in divine health. Well the Bible also speaks of a prophet. A prophet named Elijah. And Elijah Uh, met with this widow and it was her and her son and they were going to eat their last morsel of cake they're going to eat their last cake but the prophet elijah said make a cake for me give me your the cake in other words he was telling her to give her give him the last portion of food that she had wow that had to take faith and trust total trust in god total obedience unto the word of God through the prophet to the man of God because you know what it is if somebody asks you for your last meal for you and your son or for you and your daughter a man of God or a woman of God asks you by the guidance of God what will you do well it takes faith it takes faith to obey God to trust him because sometimes it's all about just trusting God obey him as we trust him We trust Him and therefore we obey Him. So we have faith in God and we obey His word because we trust Him. And so, guess what happened? The Lord, through the prophet Elijah, she obeyed. She gave Him the last cake. She made a cake for Him. And so her and her son were blessed. The Lord multiplied the blessing unto that woman. Sometimes we have to make a decision to trust God. Just as this woman had to trust God in the mouth of this prophet. The prophet was giving her some guidance. And so it was multiplied unto her because she obeyed. She had faith. Yes, honor your mother and father. But if your mother or your father says to be selfish and to treat others bad when they treat you bad. That's not God's love. You know, I recall many times I have a great mother, but you know, and my mother did all the best that she can and she still does. And I love my mother. She's been there for me many times. However, there were times that my mother would tell me things that, because out of her trying to protect me, her trying to love on me and keep me safe, she would tell me to say things, or not say things, but to do things like to. Uh, for protection, but really it was being antisocial. It was being uh, not so lovable, and God calls us to be lovable. Although she was trying to keep me safe, at the same time God was telling me contrary. God was telling me to pray for my enemies. God was telling me to love my enemies. God was telling me, you know, to to have faith in Him and and to be kind and to share, and so. And many times we have to choose to obey God and be obedient unto God, no matter what family or friends says. Love is not selfish and love does not rejoice over injustice. Love seeks not its own. It's not constantly trying to seek its own and see what's good for me and my family and forget about everybody else. No, God is love. So if a family member tells you that karma will get them, that is your opportunity to get back, to get vengeance, it's best to throw that away, throw it to the trash, and obey God's command to pray for your enemies, to pray and do as God will want. What about if the government makes up a law that is contrary to the word of God? Yes, we are to obey the laws of the land, but if it's contrary to the word of God, we must obey God. Bible says in Acts, uh, Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than men. If your friends want to entice you to get drunk, it's best to embrace wisdom, the counsel of God, will lead you into safety and peace. A little wine may bring decent laughter, perhaps, but an abundance of liquor may later later bring you hangovers, destructive issues, DUI, perhaps, and much more things that you will regret. So obeying God's ways bring fruit that lasts in our lives. God's ways are always loving and full of joy. Pleasure, Mm, I know I've been down this road before, but you live and you learn. Pleasure may seem pleasurable, but if not, in a covenant of a sacred marriage between a woman and a man, oh, it can hurt, and sin always seems in the beginning as pleasurable, almost like a cheesecake with cool whip and cherry. All nutella <laughs> it may seem great and pleasurable but it's never good sin is never good so it's better to obey god than to him, than man but thank god for jesus for grace that is sufficient for us because he loves us and he never changes his mind over our lives but we must choose His way, the way of obedience. For the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Sin is sorrowful afterwards, yes. But obeying God is joy and peace. His grace is sufficient for us, for he is a loving God. If the government enforces the law, as I mentioned earlier, that seems popular. There are many laws today in the in the 21st century. Today, and we're almost in 2022, and so many things seem popular, but they're contrary to the word of God. So, if the government enforces a law that seems popular, but is contrary to God's word, we must respect the laws of the land, but we have to obey God first. We can't, we can't embrace a law that goes against the principles of God. Love your mommy and daddy and your family, but if they want you to be selfish and treat others different because your friends perhaps choose to do things right, then obey God rather than mom or dad. Love them, but obey God. Respect and love your parents, but always put God's word above everything. For there is the blessing. Safety in the word, the law of God. And so finally, Jesus said, when he was 12 years old, his mother was looking for him because he was missing in action. M-I-A, he was missing in action. And finally, his mother Mary found him in the synagogue, in the church, sitting down. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business, he told his mommy. And he was only 12 years old. Well, that says a lot. He said, I must be about my father's business, about the kingdom of God. Beloved, friends and family and you that are listening, never think your kids are too young to understand God's ways. Jesus said, unless you are as a kid, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He said to be converted, to be as a kid, a child and he said once to the disciples forbid not the children to come to me because the children wanted to come to jesus and the disciples were trying to you know kind of pull the kids to the side not to bother jesus but jesus said forbid not the children to come unto me never think that the word of god that the kingdom of god that the ways of god are too difficult for our children Our children must know God as well, so then they may also learn to obey God rather than man, rather than the things that are contrary to the word of God. Have a blessed day, everybody. Blessings. Bye-bye. Welcome, welcome to Refreshing Times. Have you ever heard often said that mommy knows better? Well, you know, I'm an advocate for prevention of violence and crime, and I truly believe that we are to honor our mothers and our fathers, respect our elders, and even as a Christian, you know, the, the Bible does teach us in Ephesians chapter 6 to honor our mother and fathers, and it's the right thing to do. However, there are times that mommy and daddy, you know, although they want the best for us, sometimes we have to make our own decisions. And mostly, mostly, if it's contrary to the word of God. So I want to share with you Acts chapter 5, verse 29 says, We ought to obey God, we ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. And at times our friends or our families may tell us contrary, although they mean well, but sometimes they may tell us contrary to the word of God. Like for instance, our mommy may say, oh, will your little girlfriend left you? She doesn't want to be with you no more. Well, go and get your bracelet back. Go get your bracelet back. Or your friends may tell you, well, if Peter um, made you kind of look stupid at lunchtime, Then you give him a piece of your mind and you make sure that you get paybacks. Karma. Make sure because karma is coming. Karma is coming. Oh, well. You know, the Bible says that vengeance belongs unto the Lord. And it says to pray for your enemies. God is love and love seeketh not its own. Love is not selfish. God is love, and God calls us to pray for our enemies. And you know, obeying God brings us to a place of safety, peace, and overflowing joy. So there was a man in, in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 14. It says that there was a man named Naaman. And God told Naaman to go and dip in the Jordan of River. He was sick. To go and dip at the Jordan River seven times. Seven times. Can you imagine what he probably was thinking? Why would God tell me to dip seven times in the Jordan River? And he obeyed. He obeyed God's guidance. The guidance of the Lord. And he received its healing. So when we obey God. It is good benefits for us. It's beneficial unto us. And there's another scripture that talks about how there were 10 lepers and Jesus ministered to these lepers and he gave them instructions he told them to go to the priest. And as they were going to the priest, a few of them began to thank God on the way to walking towards the priest and they received their healing. They were healed as they were thanking God. God, because they obeyed Jesus' guidance to go on to the priest, and they obeyed and they received the healing. So, when we line up our thoughts and our hearts, and we do according to God's word, and we agree with God's word, God's word is medicine unto us, we also receive the manifestation of the healing that Jesus already paid on the cross, where it says that. By his stripes, we were healed. And so healing belonged to us. And Jesus paid the ultimate price also that we may walk in divine health and that we may walk according to his goodness and his joy and peace. Exodus 15, 26 says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am. God said, I am the Lord that healeth thee god cannot lie if he says that he is the lord that healeth us he is the lord our healer we could take it to the bank we can take it (laughs) to the bank of heaven and trust him that he is the lord our healer he paid the ultimate price on the cross for us that we may walk in divine health well the bible also speaks of a prophet a prophet named elijah and elijah Uh, met with this widow and it was her and her son and they were going to eat their last morsel of cake they're going to eat their last cake but the prophet elijah said make a cake for me give me your the cake in other words he was telling her to give her give him the last portion of food that she had wow that had to take faith and trust total trust in god total obedience unto the word of God through the prophet to the man of God because you know what it is if somebody asks you for your last meal for you and your son or for you and your daughter a man of God or a woman of God asks you by the guidance of God what will you do well it takes faith it takes faith to obey God to trust him because sometimes it's all about just trusting God obey him as we trust him We trust him, and therefore we obey him. So we have faith in God, and we obey his word because we trust him. And so, guess what happened? The Lord, through the prophet Elijah, she obeyed. She she gave him the last cake. She made a cake for him. And so her and her son were blessed. The Lord multiplied the blessing unto that woman. Sometimes we have to make a decision to trust God. Just as this woman had to trust God in the mouth of this prophet. The prophet was giving her some guidance. And so it was multiplied unto her because she obeyed. She had faith. Yes, honor your mother and father. But if your mother or your father says to be selfish and to treat others bad when they treat you bad... That's not God's love, you know. I recall many times I have a great mother, but you know, and my mother did all the best that she can, and she still does. And I love my mother; she's been there for me many times. However, there were times that my mother would tell me things that, because out of her trying to protect me, her try to love on me and keep me safe, she would tell me to say things, or not say things, but to do things, like to. Uh, for protection but really it was being antisocial. it was being um, not so lovable and God calls us to be lovable although she was trying to keep me safe at the same time God was telling me contrary God was telling me to pray for my enemies God was telling me to love my enemies God was telling me you know to to have faith in him and and to be kind and to share and so And many times we have to choose to obey God and be obedient unto God no matter what family or friends says. Love is not selfish and love does not rejoice over injustice. Love seeks not its own. It's not constantly trying to seek its own and see what's good for me and my family and forget about everybody else. No, God is love. So if a family member tells you that karma will get them, that is your opportunity to get back, to get vengeance, it's best to throw that away, throw it to the trash and obey God's command to pray for your enemies, to pray and do as God will want. What about if the government makes up a law that is contrary to the word of God? Yes, we are to obey the laws of the land, but if it's contrary to the word of God, we must obey God. Bible says in Acts, uh, Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than men. If your friends want to entice you to get drunk, it's best to embrace wisdom, the counsel of God, will lead you into safety and peace. A little wine may bring decent laughter, perhaps, but an abundance of liquor may later later bring you hangovers, destructive issues, DUI, perhaps, and much more things that you will regret. So obeying God's ways bring fruit that lasts in our lives. God's ways are always loving and full of joy. Pleasure. Mmm, I know I've been down this road before, but you live and you learn. Pleasure may seem pleasurable, but if not in a covenant of a sacred marriage between a woman and a man, oh it can hurt. And sin always seems in the beginning as pleasurable, almost like a cheesecake with cool whip and cherry or Nutella. <laughs> it may seem great and pleasurable, but it is never good. Sin is never good. So it's better to obey God than to him, than man. But thank God for Jesus for grace that is sufficient for us because he loves us and he never changes his mind over our lives. But we must choose his way the way of obedience for the blessing of the Lord make it rich and addeth no sorrow sin is sorrowful afterwards yes but obeying God is joy and peace his grace is sufficient for us for he is a loving God if the government enforces the law as I mentioned earlier that seems popular there are many laws today in the in the 21st century Today, and we're almost in 2022, and so many things seem popular, but they're contrary to the word of God. So, if the government enforces a law that seems popular, but is contrary to God's word, we must respect the laws of the land, but we have to obey God first. We can't, we can't embrace a law that goes against the principles of God. Love your mommy and daddy and your family, but if they want you to be selfish and treat others different because your friends perhaps choose to do things right, then obey God rather than mom or dad. Love them, but obey God. Respect and love your parents, but always put God's word above everything, for there is the blessing, safety, in the word, the law of God. And so finally, Jesus said, when he was 12 years old, his mother was looking for him because he was missing in action. M-I-A, he was missing in action. And finally, his mother Mary found him in the synagogue, in the church, sitting down. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business, he told his mommy. And he was only 12 years old. Wow, that says a lot. He said, I must be about my father's business, about the kingdom of God. Beloved, friends and family and you that are listening, never think your kids are too young to understand God's ways. Jesus said, unless you are as a kid, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He said to be converted, to be as a kid, a child. And he said once to the disciples, Forbid not the children to come to me. Because the children wanted to come to Jesus. And the disciples were trying to, you know, kind of pull the kids to the side, not to bother Jesus. But Jesus said, Forbid not the children to come unto me. Never think that the word of God, that the kingdom of God, that the ways of God are too difficult for our children. Our children must know God as well. So then they may also learn to obey God rather than man, rather than the things that are contrary to the word of God. Have a blessed day, everybody. Blessings. Bye-bye.